Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there, welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast. So glad you're back with us. My name's Paul Fraser, the host of the Multiply Network Podcast, and we're so excited about our interview this month. We're talking with Wendy Payne from Manitoulin Island. We talk about her church planting journey, how to balance church, marriage, and self-care, how to stay spiritually vital, leadership development tips on how do you develop leaders. And what I really loved was our conversation about what we could do to inspire and encourage more women to be church planters. That's something I think in our POC fellowship we want to definitely work harder at. We have such a rich history of incredible women leading in our movement, and we know it'll be a big part of our future. You're going to love what she has to say. It's a fun interview, and it's coming up right now. Well, we're so glad to have Wendy all the way from Manitoulin Island join us on the podcast today. Hi, Wendy. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. I'm great. Thrilled to be here. Hey, how do you get to Manitoulin Island? We were just <laughs> chatting a bit about that, and I thought it'd be good for our podcast listeners to uh, kind of get the the 411 on how do you get to an island? Okay, so in the summer, you can take a ferry from Tobamori, uh, which is a couple of hours from Toronto. Um, but if you are driving, it's about a good eight and hour, nine hour drive from Toronto. So you head north to Sudbury and then um, turn off. So you're heading, goodness, east, I guess, and you're going towards Sault Ste. Marie. And then you're going to hang a huge left and go over a bridge. And you're in the middle of nowhere, like literally. When we came here to uh, to pastor the church and we're coming for the first time, I said to my husband, you watch, it's just going to be like in the middle of this bush. And that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great to have you back. And, and for those who remember our first Multiply Network launch uh, back in May, you were one of our first interviews. And oh, wow. uh, I was rereading that again and such great things. So... Why don't you catch us up? What's been happening in the last year? How have things been going in the church? Uh, yeah. yeah, why don't you just catch us up a little bit? So the church is growing like crazy. We can sit uh, comfortably about maybe 120. We are pushing 100 right now, which is really awesome. Um, we've done some more rentals on the church, just trying to continue with upgrading the physical building to make it look a little bit more um 2000 rather than the 80s which it was (laughs) yeah 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 Um, but we're still seeing people coming in and new people to christ and to faith just you know having light bulb moments on who jesus is and that is exciting we're still you know we're almost four years in and we're still seeing god moving and bringing people so it's awesome Yeah, yeah that is so great and so remind us again uh the town you're in um, how many people are there? Cause I think that's significant to understand you came in, this was a closed church. It's right. a replant after how yep. many years, why don't you just give us a quick little history and just, uh, you know, let us know what kind of environment are you pastoring in? 
Okay. So the church was closed for just over two years. Um, so we came in and really had to rebuild relationship with the community because it's a small community of 400 people. I mean, we have surrounding towns um, that have more, it's all kind of just little villages around us on the island. And um, so the people, everybody knows everybody's stuff. So they knew um, the situation with the church and why it closed, which was was fairly negative situation. And so we had to rebuild relationship with people, rebuild trust, um, kind of come in and just love on the community, get to know people in the community. And um, so it was probably a good, I would say six, six months at least before we started to see an actual flow of people come in because they really wanted just were watching to see uh, if we're legit, if we're staying, if we're who, who we say we are, you know? So what was that six months like? Because I think, you know, there's some church planters out there that goes, if this isn't, if this isn't going in six months, I'm out like this. That's a long time. What what were you going through in that? Uh, Honestly, really a lot of moments of walking the streets and just crying out to God, like honestly crying out to God, like, did we make the hugest mistake of our lives uplifting our whole, you know, life and come to this place that is just like going back in 50 like 50 years from time so uh my husband and I literally honestly would sit on a Sunday morning in front of the window and just pray that somebody would show up and we would get you know maybe one or two people um and it was like that for a long time one particular Sunday I had three visiting pastors who just came to visit uh, on holidays. So that was awkward. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it was hard and it, but it really pushed you to, uh, keep pressing on and really sticking to the, the, the knowledge inside of us that this is what we were called to do that definitely, you know, God definitely called us to be there. And if we just would persevere, um, it would, it would work out. And it, and it did. I mean, after about the sixth, seventh month, we would every single week see new people walking in those doors and stay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How many people quit too soon? Exactly. Exactly. And that's the shame because when I see now the people that are coming, especially the ones who are so, who so don't know anything, like legit don't even know Adam and Eve, like they literally are like, who? we don't even know what you're talking about kind of thing. So when I think about it now, if we would have quit, we would have missed out on seeing those people now who are just right. super excited about Christ, you know? Right. Yeah. So you had to lean into your calling. Totally. Totally had to just, um, I have honestly never experienced that um, to the depth of having to trust in God Um to that degree, because you just, you constantly are questioning yourself and the enemy has a heyday with that, right? Constantly telling you that you made a mistake, that um, they're not coming because you, all stupid reasons, because you're a woman, because you don't know what you're talking about, because I mean, every ridiculous thing that you can imagine comes to your mind. So it's fighting through that Mm -hmm. and really just trusting God and pushing through and saying, no, I believe we're here for a reason. And yeah. That, what you're saying right there is going to, I just have a feeling that that is going to encourage some people out there listening to this podcast that are going, we've been in this for a year, two years, three years, whatever. And 
and we're just not seeing the growth we want to, and I'm ready to pack it in. And, but I'm hearing you today. Just say, trust your calling. Yes, absolutely. Stick to it. Persevere, press on just because God obviously called you there and there's a purpose, you know? Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. that's super, that's super encouraging. So would Mm -hmm. that be the biggest lesson you've learned in church planting so far? Or would, would there be others? I would definitely say um, trusting God for sure. Worry less because I can be this crazy worry person. Um, And just, I think for me, the biggest, one of the biggest fears, because it's a replant. So when we came, we already had a building. We already had hydro bills, heating bills, um, you know, everything. And, And so really just diving in all the way and trusting that God's gonna provide the money, something is, you know, it's not simple, but it's, it's a legitimate thing in trusting him. Um, one really quick little kind of story that really just, again, told me how much I need to trust God was um, when we started, we don't have any worship because I'm not, I can't sing my husband. I don't play an instrument. My husband can hold a tune, but no instrument. So we were doing worship, YouTube worship yeah. um, for a large, for that first six months again. And on the island, they do these periodic um, power outages where the whole island, because they're doing whatever repairs or whatever on the power uh, grids. So my husband, I told my husband, okay, you hold a tune. So you, you need to do this acapella. Like, and so he pulls out like worship music from the eighties. Like, I mean, you know, from the rising of the sun, like it was (laughs) like, like the the oldies. (laughs) Yeah, because that's all he felt comfortable with. And of course, that Sunday, we had a new family come and I am mortified. I'm, I'm, I'm up at the front and I'm trying to clap and I'm trying to make it like, yeah, this is like the best moment ever. And, and I just inside was dying thinking these people are never going to come back. Like, this is so pathetic. I didn't give much credit to my husband, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the lady, uh, the new lady that came she came up to me after the service and was like asking for our contact information, said it was the absolute best service she has ever been to in her life and has lit like she, that's four years ago. She still is wow. in attendance every week. Her son comes to youth group, like they're totally committed. So when we think it's a total bust, it's a total fail, we need to just completely trust God because he knows better. So from my standpoint, I'm thinking this service is like horrific and I'm never going to see this woman again. But from her standpoint, she experienced God in a way that, you know, I I had no idea. Yeah. So the lesson I learned was Wendy, smarten up, trust God. Like you do not know everything, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and the, the beautiful thing is when God is there, people know it. Yeah. That's right. People know it and you don't like, yeah, I'm, I'm all about excellence. And I, I could sit there. I I'm actually picturing myself at your service (laughs) being that, being the person in the front, trying to, you know, get people excited. This is elevation. Like Bethel. (laughs) And, uh, and for them, but, but the best thing we can offer people is God. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And, uh, what a great, what a great lesson. So how long, how long have you guys been there now? We're almost four years. We'll be four years in July. Right. So looking back, there's some planters, uh, other pastors listening and going, okay, we're just on the front end of this, or, you know, maybe we're at the four year mark too. 
Anything you would have changed looking back, like anything we can learn from your journey? Um, I mean, I probably like moments like that. Would you want to change that? Probably not because you learn from those. Right. Um, I think the biggest learning, if I can say anything that I've really learned in the process is learn to delegate, which again, seems so like, Maybe some people are going, well, no, duh. But for me, I'm a type of person who will want just, I don't want to bother people. So I will do everything and anything. And um, with, with church planting, it was just me and my husband. We didn't, we didn't come in with a team. It was Mm -hmm. just us. So you just kind of automatically do everything on your own. But once you start getting people come in, I kind of forgot to, to make use of them and make them feel like they have importance and, um, so I needed to learn to give them opportunities to be feeling like a part of the church family. That would be probably my biggest, if I was to change anything, I would be like, I would have learned that lesson sooner to delegate. Yeah. And cause you guys, it was just you and your husband, right? That, that, yeah. that came into this no team. No, we had our daughter who was just finishing up Bible college. Okay. Um, so she would come once a month to lead worship for us. We would pay her gas and get her to come so we could have a live person at least once a month. Um, so we had a good, you know, she still had her last year to finish. So yeah. technically most Sundays it was just us. Yeah. So, yeah. So outside of you three, uh, you, that was it. And I get it because you you pioneer this thing and yeah. and you poured your heart and soul into it. Was it ever about, um, well, no, this is my thing, and so I don't want to do it? Or was it more about just, I don't want to inconvenience other people? Yeah, it, it definitely not. This is my thing. Um, for sure, definitely not that. More, I'm, I'm a type of person who doesn't want to put people out and make them feel like, I guess because I feel like this is my responsibility, and so therefore I should be, I'm the pastor, I should be doing it all. Um, but when you start to see people when they have a purpose in your church, it makes them feel like they, like they have a purpose, like they're included and it makes them want, want to be a part. And, and it's, it's awesome. Once you start kind of allowing them to do those things, it's like very freeing, really. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. that that's, that's good wisdom. People need to hear that today because you cannot make, you cannot make this about you. You've got to involve other people. They have gifts talents and abilities that that god has brought to that church for that for them to just grow and it's that's a that's a really great thought so you're you're uh busy you're i know you know at the time we're recording this podcast you're uh uh, five days out i think or whatever going to guatemala um you're busy with the church church is growing you're renovating the building bringing it out of the 80s how do you how do you balance church, marriage, and self care? Like, what's your how do you do that as a uh, as yeah. as a pastor in a small town? It, it it's it's not easy, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm perfect by any stretch of the means. But I'm still old school as far as using a paper agenda. <laughs> so I literally write everything down. What like if I have an appointment or if I have um you know, I need to take some study time or planning my sermon, whatever. I, I literally make myself appointments for everything, um, to try to keep myself. So I don't 
double book, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps me to kind of keep everything kind of somewhat on track. As far as um, my personal, I'm really, I'm super, um, maybe saying um, selfish is maybe a little bit strong, but I'm really pers- very consistent with keeping my day off. So Monday is my day off. And I, I keep that. I don't even answer my phone. Like I put a message on, this is my day off. If it's an emergency, leave me a message and I'll, I'll screen calls. And I tell my, my church that, that that's my day off. I need a day. And they've, they've been amazing about it. So that I'm really, really um, strong about that. I need that, that day. I like to really make sure that I still don't, as much as I am a pastor, I don't want to lose I, I still have goals and dreams on my own besides that. So I still really try to push into that and make sure that, um, you know, that I do those. Yeah. So that's self care I think is important too. Yeah. Um, you don't want to lose yourself in all you, cause your people will, I mean this in a positive manner, but they could suck the life out of you if you let them. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you do stuff for you that brings you happiness. Totally. Uh, our marriage, we again are really, um, really good at say if Daryl needs to go to Sudbury, which is about two hours from us. That's kind of the, the, the biggest and closest uh, shopping center is about two hours. Um, so if he needs to go to get a part for work or something, um, if I don't have anything on my schedule, I'll go along with them just, hmm. just cause that gives us four hours of visit, you know, Yeah. or make a trip to Sudbury to go for dinner and a movie or something, you know, we just right. are, are, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Oh, very good. And so what do you do then? You talked about self-care and, and I, I'm a huge believer in that. What my wife and say, what my wife and I say is self-care isn't selfish unless it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, if it just, if it goes overboard, then it can drift into selfishness yeah. for sure. But, sure. but this idea of self-care being selfish, you, you, you need to make sure that, that every, area of your life is is being looked at and taken care of emotional physical but why don't you tell us a little bit spiritually how do you how do you stay when i'm around you uh i i just sense that there's this excitement for the things of the spirit Mm -hmm. and uh you have a passion to follow jesus with your whole heart it's contagious like what do you do to stay spiritually vital i I really am, I feel like I, I'm not like, you know, people say stuff and you're like, oh, you're trying to sound so spiritual. I don't mean that. I really, I really, every single day get into the word. I do. It, it, for me, it works best at night when I'm in bed. Other people will be like, oh, I'd fall asleep. I don't. I need that. That's when I, when I do it. I really, truly do read every single day. I'm in the word or I'm reading some kind of teaching book, leadership book, something to fill that part of me. Um, if I'm going, cause I do a lot of traveling, I, I've always got worship music on. Um, I'm always, it's, I have learned that the only way I can survive is truly to make Jesus a priority every single day, like every single day. So I have these ongoing conversations <laughs> with him. Like I would talk to anybody. And when I get into the word, I make sure that I'm getting into the word for me to take, for me to take something away, not just to be like, Oh, this would be really something really great to preach on. Right. Um, 
I, I need to find something that I can have as a takeaway. And, and I know from experience that that is the only way I will ever survive is by doing that every day. Yeah. 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 And how do you lead people in that? Like, how do you, like, obviously discipleship's a big deal for you. Yeah. What do you, what do you teach the people you're leading, the brand new Christians? Do you just say, Hey, follow me as I follow Christ or is it individual discipleship? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's for sure you have to lead by example. I mean, I, I'm very, very transparent when I'm preaching. They, they know, like, I'll, they just know that's who I am. Um, and I do my absolute best to encourage them. And really, in my sermons, I really stress the importance of getting into the word of God and, you know, teaching them that you cannot, we know the story, you know, you can't survive on eating food once a week. You will not survive eating spiritually, just coming to hear me once a week. I can't be responsible for your spiritual healthiness once a week. It, it's too yeah. much of a responsibility for me. You have to, you have to breathe into this on your own. Yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe sometimes I'm like a, a broken record constantly saying that to them, but but they get it, you know, because I hear them. They'll message me Facebook, or Facebook or whatever text. You know, this is what I was reading, and oh my gosh, you know, this is what I learned. Or and I love those moments. I love when I see yeah. that they are actually digging in. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. a big, it's a big deal. And yeah. uh, uh, I think it was a number of years ago. I read something about, uh, you know, the. A big church trying to disciple their people and we're realizing that they weren't actually training them to be self-feeders. Right. They never knew how to go into the word. They would just go to Wednesday night prayer and Thursday night Bible study and Sunday morning, what, you know, church and then lasting on three or four meals and not learning how to be self-feeders. It's, it's so critically important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So absolutely. you, you mentioned delegating. I want to kind of get back to that a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, you started with two leaders and, you know, or three with your daughter, uh, but now you've got more leaders in the church. And so there's, I was just on a call this week with some church planters going, how can we develop leaders? What, like there's new Christians. How quickly do you move them along into uh, leadership roles, new people to the church? Is there a six month waiting period before they get involved? Like, any tips on leadership development or how you, you know, how you create pathways for them? I think, I mean, you're going to, you have to be wise on what positions you give them. I mean, obviously a new Christian, I'm not going to put them on my council, my board council. That would be stupid, but anybody can teach a Sunday school lesson. In my mind, I'm thinking as they're teaching it, they're learning. You know, like, and, and you give them kind of basic, look at who they are, where they're at in their spiritual life and give them something that first of all, isn't going to overwhelm them or, or maybe give them, you know, whatever, where they're going to kind of get a, a sour taste in their mouth because of church, whatever. Right. Um, so you have to look at where they are in life and go by that. So, yeah, I mean, we had young Christians I'm like, here's a Sunday school lesson, read it and, and tell a story. Here's a, you know, here's a craft. And they, 
it's awesome because they're, as they're teaching, they're learning. Yeah. Um, we can give them simple things like, Hey, can you help us? One lady, for instance, she was coming, she was coming for about three or four weeks and she's a doer. She's a kitchen. She's a kitchen lady. You know, you yeah. get a kitchen lady. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, do you know, we have kitchen ladies, <laughs> you know, they just, they thrive on the kitchen. Yeah. So she, I said, Hey, do you want to be um, the one to set up our communion once a week? I mean, or once a month, pardon me. Yeah. You, you think I gave her goal of that. She is like proud as punch that she is. I, I'm the one who puts the communion together. Like you don't have to be a 12 year Christian to put juice in a cup. Yeah. And it might seem trivial, trivial to some people, but to her, she was so proud and so excited that she was the communion lady, you yeah. know? So you just have to find, and then, I mean, I don't just say, here you go, do it. And then not, I'm constantly checking in on them. We do right. with our children's church workers. We'll, we'll do sessions or I'm having leadership, you know, let's have a meeting or a dinner or have them to my house or just to check in on them. How are you doing? How are you managing? Are you overwhelmed? Are you okay? What do you need from me? Right. You know? So you but give, them- you give them opportunities, but you don't leave them out there without you checking in encouraging. Yeah, for sure. You need to, you need to constantly be checking in and making sure that they're not overwhelmed, that they still like doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, obligation is horrible. That's a, that's a horrible way to enroll leaders and volunteers is just make them feel guilty. Like we need (laughs) this and you don't love Jesus. If you don't serve in children's church and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make it fun, you gotta make it exciting, gotta give them opportunity. Uh but but I think you would agree with this that that most of the battle for leadership development is trying to find out what they're passionate about, where they fit. Would that mm. would that be true? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so you have to you gotta kinda watch them and see. I mean, sometimes maybe you might even need to encourage them on what what are their giftings? Cause sometimes they don't even see it in themselves. So if you can see it and encourage them in it. Yeah. Um, and it, and again, it doesn't have to be, you're not asking them to get up and preach, you know, it can be something so simple Yeah. as, Hey, can you bring muffins to church? You know, you just got to find those people. Yeah. 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 It's all, it's all important. Yeah. So, Hey, wanted to, wanted to check in with you on this. Uh, one of the things in the PAOC family and history in, you know, we've got great stories all throughout almost our hundred years mm-hmm. of, of powerful women of faith yeah. planting churches all throughout Canada, throughout our movement. And yet today we don't see a lot. And, yeah. uh, what do you think we need to do as a fellowship, as the PAOC, um, you know, from your perspective, what do you think we need to do to encourage more young women, young women uh, to think about this or those who may be a bit older to think about, you know, what yeah. can we do in church leadership? Like, what do we need to do as a, as a POC tribe or family to get more women involved in leadership in church, specifically planting for, for, you okay. know, for, yeah. of course, for my purposes, but you can broaden it out if you'd like. Okay. So I think, I, I think it's having conversations like what we're having now, make it open, make it 
point where people are hearing that this is for one thing that it's that it's doable that they're able um we need to change some of our talk i find um i still see in in letters that are shipped off emails whatever i still see a i mean i'm not a, i'm not like a feminist but i still see a lot of male like be let's be better men of god or you know just terminologies that i think we really need to change um i went to a a conference and we had to fill out a form because the the speaker wanted to have some information on people that were attending and so he asked things like the pastor's name the pastor's birthday and then it was and the pastor's wife's name the pastor's wife's birthday and i was very tempted to write well if i had a wife I probably wouldn't have credentials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just learning to change our talk because yeah. then women would probably feel um, like they're not less than. Um, now, just I want to jump in there just for a quick second. Do yeah. You, do you think it's a subtle way of saying, and I don't think anyone intentionally is trying to do this, oh. but but do you think it's a subtle way of saying, we're we're not going that way, you know, as it relates to women in leadership or, you know, do not enter type of thing. Like, is that a, do you feel like that's a subtle, unintentional thing that's going on? It's, I, I, I truly believe it's unintentional. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody is purposely going, we don't want women. I don't, I don't believe that for a second. I think for so long, it just has been such a male dominated that we have somehow kind of lost the fact that women definitely have the, the abilities and the talents and the yeah. capabilities and God has definitely, um, you know, anointed women to be, yeah. I mean, our church was, was planted by a woman in the 1940s, you know, yeah. Um, but it, it definitely is not intentional, but we need to be more aware. Yeah. Because those subtle little words do make people like I'm a pretty strong personality, but you get somebody who's a little bit insecure, um, it will completely stop them from even trying to mm-hmm. even think that it is even a possibility. Yeah, like you're not welcome here. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sure. What For else? Sure. What else do we need to do? Any other thoughts? Yeah. Um, so here's a thought that I've kind of, anytime I get a chance to put a plug in as for conferences, for instance, we used to have pastors, wives workshops, and I realized that they have now tried to change those to women in ministry, which is lovely. I love that we are making that effort at the same token. My husband will say to me, why would I go? There is nothing for me as a man. And I've heard another woman pastor who uh, leads in Peterborough, Ontario, and her husband is a electrician. And he has said the same thing. I'm an electrician. What am I getting, you know? So I'm wondering, could we even incorporate, you know, um, workshops for pastor spouses and see how do they feel? Where do they fit? Um, Because we know as lead pastors, people tend to be drawn to the lead pastor. And so your spouse kind of gets... Um, set on a back burner, not that mm-hmm. they are by any means, but mm-hmm. but to sometimes to congregations' eyes, they do. Mm-hmm. Do we kind of make them feel, even if they're a man or a woman, and, and just have those conversations that this is a mixed group? It's not right. just women; yeah. it's men as well. And reach out to them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of my 
those are little. those are some those are some uh those are some important conversations that need to happen. I'm thinking maybe to the next generation that are um thinking about ministry don't see a lot of examples of 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 women as senior pastors or church planters anything we can do to inspire these next generation you know women of god to to look at church leadership like what what do we need to do like how do we need to uh do we just need more examples do we need to tell more stories like what are you thinking yeah how- i think definitely more stories more just keep the conversation going. And I think maybe even it can even start right from the Bible college, you know, um, really encouraging those young women leaders to say, you know what, you can be a church planter. You can be a lead pastor. Right. You can, you don't have to just be the children's, not that there's anything wrong with children's. No, I pastor, know what you mean though. But we kind of, they kind of feel like that's, that's all like, to be honest, when I was um, almost done my, my, um, my schooling, I was really, I was about like two courses away. And I just was kind of almost to the point where I was like, I'm not even going to finish. Like this is so much work. It was a challenge because obviously I was working full time and just doing what I could online. Um, and I, I met up with Bill Morrow and, and I just kind of told him, you know, I kind of, I'm not really sure. Cause I think I'm just going to be somebody's assistant for the rest of my life. And, and that's fine if that's where God wants me to be, but I just feel like I have much more to give. And he really, he poured into me like it was the best five minutes of my life that he just poured into me and really said, Wendy, things are changing. You can be a lead pastor. And I just, I was like, really, can I really? So I think even from the Bible college, right from the the ground, start encouraging those women, those young female girls. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And we need you. We need people like you championing that. Oh, thank yeah. you. You're doing such a great job, Wendy. And every time I chat with you, you're you've got such great thoughts and insight and experience and passion. And uh, you know, when I talk with uh, the WOD Western Ontario District uh, team, they're like, "Oh, she is a," and they view like Jason Small. He's used yeah. this term. She is a rock star. Like she is knocking it out in the park. And Wendy, to be, to have a hundred people in a town of 400. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Like it's, that is God. He is using you powerfully. And so I just, I'm, I'm so excited that we had this conversation today and uh, appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it. You have great social media presence. I was just looking at Instagram. Your one minute, what did you call it? The one minute? One minute challenge. <laughs> the one minute challenge. So while I was waiting, you know, I was watching your, and leading missions trips. And I think you're part of the district leadership team in Western Ontario. And so I, I just think let's keep championing together to get you. more young women thinking about ministry about leadership, church planting, senior pastoring, sitting on district executives. Like, let's just, let's keep that conversation going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. We're going to end with rapid fire questions. And okay. I didn't okay. give I've... you, I didn't give you these questions in advance. So this is, uh, 
This I'm is- prepared. I've been watching your your podcast, so I'm I'm like, okay, what am I going to get? Tim Hortons, Starbucks. What am I getting? Okay, so you've <laughs> so you've done some research. Well done. Well, I purposely didn't put uh, uh, Starbucks or Tim Hortons because I've overused it. I've been getting some feedback. Oh, so okay. So okay. first question: favorite meal of the day. Oh, dinner. Yeah. Now, okay. So what do you mean by dinner? Because some people think lunch is dinner. Oh, okay. So supper. The okay. End, supper. Okay. Good. Yes. Favorite place to eat. Uh, I'm going to say Eastside Mario's. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, best book you've read in the last 12 months. Soar. Soar. Say that again. Soar. S-O-A-R. Yeah. By T.D. Oh, I'm a big T.D. Jakes fan. That's so good. Okay. Uh, favorite place you visited in the world? Greece. Okay. If you had to have coffee or tea, what would you pick? Coffee. And 100%. would and would you have anything in it? If I'm going to treat myself, I would do a mocha. Okay. Uh, half coffee, half hot chocolate, or half espresso. Okay. 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 Uh, podcasts you're listening to. Um, I love to listen to anything I can get my hands on with, um, Francis Chan or Stephen Furtick. Okay. If you have a chill night at home, what are you doing? I am watching binge watching. My husband and I started watching, um, designated survivor. Oh, (laughs) I feel like we could talk about that for the next 10 minutes. Okay. I love designated survivor. Hey, that's awesome. What most excites you about ministry these days? Oh, seeing people come to know Christ for sure. Um, that's an awesome. I love to preach. My passion is preaching God's word. I'm so Oh, I just love and I'm so honored that God would allow me to do that. I, I wish yeah. I wish the podcast audience could see your face when you're doing that. <laughs> well, you know what you can do if you track her down. Wendy, where do we find you on social media? Uh, on on um, Instagram, it's Pastor underscore Wendy. Uh, Facebook is Wendy Payne or Contagious Power. Okay. Or Manitoulin Community Church, for that matter. Yeah, right. Because I've seen yeah. I've seen uh, seen some of your uh, clips there preaching. So, hey, Wendy, thanks. thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're we're excited to hear more stories. So keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us today. 